0: <clears throat> <clears throat> Namurta sa, go at door, hat door, some Arahato some would have san. Namurta sa, go sam, Utang, quite often these days one hears talk about the uh, rapid rate of change that um, humanity is obliged to deal with and and whether it's the environmental degradation or political structures or religious conventions on so many levels as very evident, rapid change taking place. And recently we printed a small booklet here in the monastery of a talk talk that I gave uh, some months ago. The booklet was called Sanity in the Midst of Uncertainty. And the theme of that talk was somewhat similar to this question of addressing the rate of change and most specifically it was the uncertainty that readily arises when we're obliged to deal with a rapid rate of change in fact the pace of change is not really the issue it's the how we feel about that and we feel about the uncertainty that comes as a result of change and what is our relationship with the feeling of uncertainty similar to our relationship with the feeling of doubt yeah. doubt, not knowing, feeling uncertain, unsure that's completely normal we, we've always had that ever since we were born as faculty of knowing means some things we know, some things we don't know and so doubt uncertainty feeling unsure, that's all perfectly normal but what can be an issue, a big issue is the way we relate to such feelings feeling uncertain, feeling unsure feeling of doubt it's not new and it's just that these days it seems to be more intense, and and so I think it's worth considering. And this evening I'd like to consider how does our practice, how do these spiritual exercises that we are engaged in, how do they help us to meet the feeling of uncertainty, the perception of uncertainty, perception of doubt? How do we meet it, and how does our practice? equip us, support us in this encounter. It's always been the case that for some people there's been a very intense experience, encounter with uncertainty. Certainly when you're getting old and and your faculties start to fade and you start realising that your memory doesn't work as well as it used to. Your hearing doesn't work as well as it used to. You can't walk as well as you used to. And then it starts to dawn on you. You're falling apart. And that's a perception of uncertainty. And it can be quite dramatic. Uh, or medical prognosis that's very unwelcome. That can make you feel like the ground's been taken from underneath you. and Or a loss of a loved one. It can really turn your world upside down. Or for those who have to suffer living in a war zone, a very acute feeling of uncertainty. But up until relatively recently, for the majority of people, they've occupied themselves with what is probably a thoroughly deluded perception of a high degree of predictability and certainty. Life has never really been certain, but for much of the time, uh, at least in recent Decades, and we've gotten used to a relatively high level of feeling secure and safe, and life is predictable, and that's now changing big time. So, how do we meet this experience and the anxiety that we might feel or those around us are demonstrating? when we encounter intense uncertainty well, one of the main things the Buddha pointed to was the view we have the view, how we we perceive uncertainty are we entertaining the idea that it shouldn't be this way or I shouldn't be this way I should know better. After all these years of practice I shouldn't feel insecure. I shouldn't feel anxious. That's a view and when you stop to think about it it's pretty obviously not a helpful view. So certainly the Buddha wanted us to question the views that we hold about life and we're all aware of the encouragement that we have in this teaching, this tradition to regularly reflect on old age, sickness and death and probably most of you are familiar with the um, depiction on the stone at the entrance to this Dhamma Hall there's the four engravings on the corner of the stone and as you step in there's an old person a sick person, a dead person and then also a truth seeker, a summoner mm-hmm. and these and you know, Pali language and we refer to it as the Devadutta or the celestial messages which and traditionally we understand that these were the cues, these were the triggers that inspired the Buddha uh, to embark on his pursuit of liberation realisation. It was this disillusionment that was triggered. I mean, so old age, sickness and death, is this all there is? Is this the whole thing for being a human being and gave rise to a sense of disillusionment. Well, something similar to that is happening for many people these days. Even if people are not becoming alert to the inevitability of old age, sickness and death, they are much more alert to insecurity and uncertainty than than perhaps they were used to or or want to be. Remembering some... Long-time friends and supporters of the monastery here. One, some of you might remember, who lived in Newcastle for for several years, living in a retirement home. But I remember her expressing the sense of how unfortunate it was for all these people here who haven't actually made any preparation. Old age and sickness and death is inevitable, and nothing that is born that doesn't deteriorate. I mean, planets are born and and disintegrate and it's the way of things and, and so a wise skillful approach to life is to prepare ourselves for that which is inevitable And so often there's this apology for aging and in getting infirm and, and the implied judgment that this shouldn't happen born out of a view that there's something going wrong these contemplations, old age, sickness, and death, the inevitability, is a very important form of preparation. How do we prepare ourselves for life, including all its uncertainty, its moderate or intense levels of uncertainty? We own up to the reality. That's one thing we can do, check out our views. For many people who embrace the Buddhist teachings, they feel that they have the perception that it's all about making the mind go empty or getting blank or spending many hours on the meditation cushion rather than actually engaging in the recommendations the Buddha gave to contemplate life, to use thinking. When we encounter something that's really difficult, to get interested in it. This is how we prepare ourselves for these encounters with intensity. We get interested in life, get interested in uncertainty, get interested in disappointment, and then develop the skills and the process, interests, and gives rise to energy, gives rise to attention, and then we investigate. And, and if we have prepared ourselves rightly, well, then there's a, a chance that there's a shift takes place, a shift in perspective. One of the other another skill that is really regularly referred to in these teachings is the cultivation of patient endurance. And better endurance is gritting our teeth and, and putting up with something that's difficult to put up with, whereas patient endurance. Patient endurance is a gently, willingly bearing with something that's difficult. Cultivating a willing, a willingness, a willingness, a gentle willingness. Mm. Again, speaking with a long-time friend and supporter of the monastery who's feeling his age a bit lately. He was, he was telling me just yesterday, actually, how how he notices the increase in situations he has to be patient with. Maybe it's a, a leaky roof or the builders turning up, or, or maybe it's you know, bearing with the, the healing process, having had some surgical procedure. As we get older, the, the need to bear with things increases. And if we don't prepare ourselves for this, then we can fail Mm. when we're faced with the challenge. Mm. So the smart thing to do is to listen to the teachings and recognise that which is highlighted and that this is really worth paying attention to, checking out the views that we hold about reality, cultivating patience. And even if we do fail in the process then cultivating that really important quality, self-forgiveness. Certainly the life is going to challenge us over and over again and we're bound to fail over and over again and likewise the inner life or the spiritual life is bound to challenge us over and over again and we're bound to fail over and over again and the point is, do we see that For what it is, like this is the this is the learning point. This is the point where we learn. Things that don't challenge us, we don't tend to learn from. We can maybe enjoy and relax with, but the learning point is where we're liable to, about to, or have just failed. And can we meet that experience of failure? Or do we default to that really tricky habit of self judgment so the, the wise thing to do is to learn how to counter self judgment self condemnation with self forgiveness it's a skill how do we develop that skill well, well classically and always with these things how do you develop something well you see the disadvantage of being caught up in it that's one aspect. And the other aspect is see the advantage of being free from it. So self-condemnation, self-judgment. Instead of distracting ourselves when we get caught up in it, we really turn to it and pay attention. That's what, that's what suffering is saying always. That's what suffering is saying. That pay attention here. Pay attention here. Get interested in this. This is the place. This is the point. This is the occasion for learning. Mm. learning to be able to gently pay attention Mm. so the right quality of attention, the right quality of receptivity, and hopefully, eventually, we get the message that it is possible to cultivate patient endurance. It's possible to cultivate self-forgiveness and One of the very beneficial skills that supports such cultivation is also, as most of you will be very aware of, is the the capacity for exercising restraint. Mm. The ability to inhibit conditioned reactions. Mm. A form of strength, a form of ability now if we don't have the ability to be restrained then we catch ourselves being impatient or catch ourselves self-condemning or, and failing in some way, contracting um, awareness. Instead of expanding our field of awareness and accommodating the experience that is challenging us instead of doing that we collapse and close down Then we can't investigate. We can't investigate if we collapse our field of awareness. What's called for is sufficient sati, sufficient mindfulness, sufficient presence, sufficient skill, so that we can expand our field of awareness and gently direct attention and get interested what's happening here like for instance take the experience of fear which is a very normal reaction in in the face of uncertainty very normal to feel afraid do we have the capacity for broadening our field of awareness and looking more closely at this fear reaction some fear reactions are completely appropriate Like if a tree is about to fall on you, you're supposed to be afraid and get out of there quick. That's functional. But a lot of the fear that we experience and struggle with is the fear of something that we've imagined might happen at some other time, which is not now. And we can easily get caught up in that. Um, How do we deal with that? Well, we meet it. How do we meet it? Well, we... Don't judge it. Don't judge ourselves. Don't constrict our awareness, which will just intensify it. But go in the opposite direction. Expand. Accommodate. Get interested. Investigate. Without restraint, it's very difficult to feel fear without being afraid. And conversely, perhaps with well-developed restraint and mindfulness and attention, perhaps there's a possibility we will be able to feel the fear without being afraid. And, and, And that's really valuable, how to stand on the edge of fear. How to negotiate a relationship with fear so that we're not running away from it and we're not being in it Mm. or similarly with aversion there's certainly mm, plenty around these days that one could quite understandably feel averse towards Mm. Mm. abuse of power bullying dishonesty but is it possible do we have the capacity to feel aversion without being enraged without being hateful there's nothing wrong with feeling aversion for that which is repulsive some things are just repulsive like some smells are repulsive some tastes are repulsive some human behaviour is repulsive it hurts when you look at it, when you witness it is it possible to experience the intensity of aversion or the intensity of fear mm. without being drawn into it. Mm. So this training, these spiritual exercises that we have the good fortune to have received are mm. oh, like pointings so guide us and this is worth cultivating this is worth developing this is worth paying attention to and just as the same as for probably most of us if not all of us here if we were, when we were young we were sat down in front of a piano and probably wouldn't be able to play any beautiful tunes without a lot of help and not a practice. Mm. Mm. Similarly, with these skills, these levels of competence, that are potentials. Mm. Mm. The potential for cultivating a view that is in harmony with nature, with reality. Mm. Cultivating patience, cultivating forgiveness, kindness, Mm. restraint Mm. if we do invest in these, if we do recognise the value of them and sometimes that's that's the place to start cultivation just to recognise the value and the value of having a view that is in harmony with nature or the disadvantage of having a view that's in conflict with nature recognising the value of being able to inhibit a compulsive reaction and recognizing the advantage of that as well as the disadvantage of not having it and like if your phone gives off a beep and, and can we simply sit there and recognize that a notification has gone off or do we have to reach for the phone and look at it if we have to reach for the phone and look at it that's, that's not very developed and that's a sign we don't have a lot of restraint we don't have that capacity cultivated. so how are we going to possibly investigate our reactions to uncertainty if we don't have that ability available to us so we can actually develop that see there's the consequence of not having that ability and then maybe we get to the point where there's the advantage of having that strength developed so not immediately reacting to our experiences of limitation with self-judgment, but getting interested in self-judgment. Self-forgiveness helps. Restraint helps. It helps us, and it can help others. Thank you very much, for me for your attention. And